Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina. And I'm Jalisa. Hi! <laughs> our third, our third voice is a very uh, special guest. Highly requested. That we, yeah, we've That's been dying fun. to have on the podcast. That's crazy, really? So this is your second time around. Yes. How are you feeling? Um, I feel like you're prepared. I feel like I'm a little bit more prepared this time. Yes. Yeah. I feel yeah, like we, we are more prepared as well, like, as far as recording goes. We're like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys we're are excited. Professional. <laughs> Vina's the professional. She's, like, hitting the knobs. <laughs> like, I'm like, girl, like I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, but we're very excited that Julissa's here, and we are going to do the usual... Yes. Last reads, current reads. Um, okay, so last read, Shanice. Oh, you. Oh, okay, I'm going yes, first. Okay, so first. I have three last reads. Um, two of them, I'm just gonna like do an overview of it, like very simple thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I read "She Drives Me Crazy" by Kelly Quindlin. Mm-hmm. It's a cute enemies to lovers basketball player versus cheerleader. Like you know, it was cute. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second one was "The Henna Wars" by Adiba Jagarada. I was gonna. I was gonna uh, like. <laughs> I was gonna do the. I the see thing. this book on TikTok almost every day. Yeah, it's is a, it as good as TikTok? It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's yeah. cute. Um, I will say that there's so many trigger warnings. Like it's like homophobia. Like she was mm. outed. Mm. So it was a lot. It, like I felt a lot when I read it because I was just like ready to punch the the enemy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I was just like mm-hmm. I'm about to get on this book and just be like. You know, <laughs> but it was a beautiful coming of age story, and I really okay. like it. I think it's worth the. I think it's worth the hype of of TikTok. I think yeah. it's like yeah. Is it young reader or YA? I, it's YA. I believe it's okay. YA. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's in high school. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was really good though. Nice. Okay, so really, the book that whew, I was feeling, yeah. someone was cutting onions in my room. Yeah, you know I'm saying <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> um, is bruised by Tanya Bateu. Okay, so it follows uh, Daya Widjesay. A bruised is a mixture of comfort and control. Since her parents died in an accident, she survived. Bruises were a way to feel pain without having to deal with the pain. She also keeps everyone so far away. So when one of her friends shows her roller derby, she becomes hooked, but then realizes the sport is more than bruises. It requires her to participate in teamwork and human interaction, which she generally tries to avoid. Um, The deeper Daya immerses herself into the world of roller derby, uh, though the more she realizes this, it's not the simple physical pain fest she was hoping for. Her rough and tumble teammates and their fans push her limits in ways she never man- imagined, bringing Daya to big truths about love, loss, strength, and healing. And I love Bateu's mm-hmm. take on grief of death and especially like survivor's guilt, you know, and it's such an intimate look into self-harm without idolizing it. And... I feel like sometimes people are confused by this because I was reading some of the um, some of the reviews and it made me think of that conversation we had last episode about that book you were reading how it like idolizes like mental like not taking your medications kind of oh yes 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 and like you know um, where writers will write something that they might not agree with but that's character's way of dealing with the situation and it's done with purpose Mm. and it's really such an intense book and Bateu is this is my second book by by her Mm -hmm. um she wrote kings queens and in-betweens which you loved oh i absolutely loved and she has that that same like those back characters are just so magical Mm -hmm. and like that's that's the same way i felt like they're so like i don't know what's the word they're just like they're not people that i would meet but I wouldn't believe that they didn't exist, you know? Like, hmm. they're just so, like, I don't know, magical and... I don't yeah. Know. So, um, 
I feel like she writes um, characters, or she writes like such an elegant way. It's an it's an elegant way of how she writes characters in these intense themes under the young adult genre that's so ad, um, admiring. Mm-hmm. Like by the end, someone was cutting onions in my room, <laughs> and, and I posted Someone's it, and she was like, in. "I'm so sorry," <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my god!" But I love all the characters that were created in a sub community, and it felt so real. Like I wanted to buy me some motherfucking roller skates and just you know oh, maybe really? not go roller derby. Maybe Maybe like go down a Bronx Hill, you know. <laughs> Not like, a Bronx Hill. A Bronx Hill, you know. Um, I also think that. <laughs> I also think that not everyone is gonna love Daya. I, and then again, going back to the reviews that I was reading, I think Daya is a more complex character. Maybe isn't always likable, but you like root for her. And I love right Daya. She was rough around the edges, and I think I think that's what people like kind of thought like oh she was gonna have this this turnaround moment where she was just gonna be this different person and mm. she's still the same person she's like rough around the edges and she was very like um traumatized from what happened and i think i think some rev- it's like some people in the reviews like specifically to these reviews i feel like they think like just because this is a book it should be like magical like mm-hmm. oh this should be like this perfect type of person and it's just like but Tayu wrote her in a way that she wasn't perfect and like just because she overcame the situation that she was a part of didn't mean that she was just going to be a different person you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying yeah okay. she's not like the ideal person to be like oh I'm going to take this and you know do this but like mm-hmm. you just admire the strength and the journey that she went through and I, I, nice. I love the book so nice yeah very cool yeah, yeah. what about you Jalissa? Vina always likes to go last. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we should go. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. We should have went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So the last two books I've read. Okay. Uh, the first one was uh, Carrie Soto's Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Uh, I'll leave. Yeah. That one. We'll discuss. We'll yeah. For another day. Uh, <laughs> but the one that I really ended up just really liking was it's called uh, How to Be Eaten by Maria Adelman. Mm-hmm. And it's a reimagining of fairy tale classic characters as modern day women in New York City who join a support group to process their trauma. So there's uh, Bernice, who's dealing with the fallout of dating a psychopathic blue bearded billionaire. Ruby, who was once devoured by a wolf and now wears him as a coat. Ashley who is a winner of a Bachelor-esque dating show and is wondering if she really got the fairy tale ending that she wanted. Ooh. Gretel questions her memory of being held captive in a house made of candy. And Reina, whose uh, story is quite mysterious, but in the end, her story is going to be the one that kind of sort of shocks them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so while this is... Uh, so while you're listening to these women sort of tell their stories, their backstories, there's also a, another plot happening in the background okay. that sort of just ties everything together. So in a sense, this book is more about how women, especially women who have to deal with like sensational stories and how they're portrayed in media. And so it's them trying to take back their narrative. Mm. and tell it the way that they've experienced it and how they sort of work through everything themselves or coming to terms how to, like, work through it. Mm. Uh, The ending wasn't... There was one quote, actually, that I... So clear it up, too, because at first I think I was confused in the beginning when you first told us about the book. Did you... Mm -hmm. um, was this something that was uh, written in, like, a short story version or was this, like, a narrative type of thing? Mm. 
So it's supposed to be a novel, okay. but the way that it's written, you can tell that they're short stories. But in the way that he, uh, the uh, the author connects them is that they, let's say, Raina's telling her story. Um, she's telling her backstory, and then they take a break, and it's like the other characters interjecting, and that's how she sort of connects them all together. Gotcha. So, so while other people might feel like it's a bit disjointed, mm-hmm. I didn't mind it so much, because in mm-hmm. a way it's like... Though there were some parts where you wish that they would just get back to their story because they were so compelling and, like, truly fucked up stories right. that mm-hmm. were just so captivating that you're like, just get back to it. Um, I just felt like it just, um, it helped solidify the distinct voices of each character even more. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Love that. You sold that. I want to read it yeah. now. <laughs> I, again, like, the ending wasn't what I wanted, but I feel like that just happens to every book for me. Mm-hmm. But the characters themselves is what sold it. Right. And it's fun to... I always like reimaginings, and it's fun to see how they are told. Right. I do love the reimaginings. Yeah. Yeah, Malice, right? Was a- Malice, yeah. Malice was a reimagined Sleeping Beauty. Mm. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's, that was my last read. Okay. Cool. Wait, you got the quote, right? Oh, yeah. So it's... Because um, I basically wrote here, uh, each woman gets to reclaim her narrative... Um, that has been largely reframed and exploited by the media for the judgmental public's consumption. Mm. And um, I think Ruby is the one that says that. She says, funny how they can doubt you and blame you in the very same breath. Mm. And I just thought that that was like pretty much the whole... Do you know if that's a debut? I don't. Okay. Are we searching if it's a debut? I'm about to, Okay, yeah. she's... <laughs> I don't think it's a debut. I think she's written other... She's known for her short story collections. Okay. Well, that's such a cool way for you to take, like... That's, like, if we go back to, like, Elizabeth Acevedo, right? Like, she's known for her poetry. Mm -hmm. And, like, she wrote a book on verse. And it it translated very well. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, wow. It's only her second book. But she's she's written short stories before. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Her debut was a story collection. Mm. Yeah, so I feel like the this cover is, is. I feel like this is what this was, but she wanted to sort of just make it one full standalone. Right. Um, That's the cover. Ooh, I really like that cover. Oh, girls of a certain age. Uh, mm-hmm. Girls of certain age. I'll definitely That's what probably we read at. that one next. Mm-hmm. So you, so she's an author that you would read. I would re- probably pick up anything. Okay, else she's we like that. We nice. like that. Yeah. Okay, I guess it's my turn. I guess. Those of you all know for Tabina. My last read was Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, it's about a tennis player who decides to do a comeback um, in her old age at 37. 37. <laughs> um, oh I loved it, and I want to talk to you about it without spoiling it for Shanice. Yes, please do not spoil it. I won't. Um... I think that TJR came back to what she does best with this one. Uh, I think that Malibu, she lost me a little bit. And mm-hmm. I know that people like Malibu and they can, they can relate to Malibu Rising. But I, mm-hmm. I was missing how she would tell the stories in Evelyn and Daisy Jones. So you know how her format is always like the little articles in the yes. middle. And like I was missing that. And mm-hmm. I, don't, yes. I don't think we got that in Malibu. I could. I forgot um, Malibu to be honest. I don't we, think so because it was told through several different characters. So we right. every chapter was right, right, a different right. character. Mm-hmm. What Malibu? Mm-hmm. Malibu? Yeah. No. Yes, it was. 
Did they oh have yes, it the was. Siblings. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Each it was, sibling. But yeah. it was it was largely told through Nina and um, her mother's point of view, right, though. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas what, I think what Vina means with like Evelyn and Daisy. Yeah. The, this the one, if they media, were right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it was like a TV show, they'll show you the transcript right. for the TV mm-hmm. show. If it was mm-hmm. a radio, right. But they did, but that what uh, she did was she mixed it into like Malibu's Rising. So you didn't get those clips, but you got like you heard blurbs of stuff. So, like, when Nina was at a grocery store when she was little, and this, I don't know why I remember this part, <laughs> um, but when Nina was little and at a grocery store, she was um, listening to the radio or something like that, mm-hmm. or she had saw, like, a tabloid, and yeah. it had mentioned Mick Rivera marrying Evelyn Hugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I loved it, and I want to know if what you thought of it, if you loved it as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Mm. Uh oh! There's a pause, people. There's oh a pause. Oh my god! Also, we're gonna like have you do something where mm-hmm. we've all done, which rank the books that you've read by TJR. Ooh, yes, please. yeah. Okay. Um, but wait, great. hold on. Answer her question first, then mine. Yeah. I don't want to say that I didn't like. I liked it. Okay. What did you think about Carrie Soto as a character? Oh, uh, she was great. Yeah. I honestly okay. because okay because she was rough. And like very, she was not very narrow minded. No, she was very, yeah. very matter of fact. Yeah. Like she was like, "I'm who I am, right?" And I'm not gonna apologize for yes. it. Yes, and so I loved it. Very Woman un- after my own yes. heart. <laughs> You're gonna love Carrie. I, I think I so. Think Truly, so. We'll a lot of people might not like her because she's she could be abrasive, but I appreciate that. Okay, like shoot it straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So now let's rank them. So I'll, rank I'll do them. my ranking again. Okay, so, so you, it's going to be Daisy's number one, mm-hmm. Carrie's number two, okay. Evelyn, and then Nina. No, and then her romances, too. No, I'm not doing the romances. Just the four okay. main the ladies. Four main, ladies. <laughs> main ladies, yeah. Uh, definitely Daisy first. Right. I'll still put Evelyn second because... Okay. <laughs> I haven't okay. reread it. You need to. Don't reread it. And I don't know <laughs> if I want to because the way you, yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. Uh, definitely Carrie then and then Nina. And then Nina. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. Nina it's didn't, okay. Yeah, Nina didn't do it for me. No. I feel like for me, as far as the women in four, well, I don't know Carrie Soto yet because I haven't read it mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it's for me, it's Evelyn, Nina, Daisy. And then I don't know where Carrie's going to stand in it. But I think Nina's number two for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Evelyn is always going to be number one. Nobody's going to knock that. <laughs> knock, knock my woman off. And you reread it, too. Yeah. And yes. I loved it just as much as I loved it the first time. Okay. See, I like that. I'm scared that I, it won't happen that way. Right. Me. That's why I don't want to reread Daisy or Evelyn. And you Daisy know what's so funny? for me. Because my friend is going through um, a situation like where she's like leaving her old relationship and I gave her seven husbands and I was like here you go because mm-hmm. like I feel like there's so much mm-hmm. in that book that 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 talks about like those regrets too especially because you're getting something like from Evelyn who's looking back on her life mm-hmm. and she doesn't regret anything but like you see that you know she is a very matter of fact character she's like I didn't I did this I did that I did this but like mm-hmm. you see that regret though like mm-hmm. even though she says she's not regretful she she mm-hmm. is though you know and With so, like, Carrie, you don't see the regret, and I love that. Yes, yeah, sis. She's just like, this is how okay. it's going to go. She grows, like, in a really subtle way. Okay. Um, well, I would be I can't, excited I can't, to I'm meet her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think there's, there's one very particular line that pretty much tells you who Carrie is. Do you remember is it? it? Is it going to spoil it? I don't think so. Okay, so just it's, say it. Like, so, okay, 
they are interviewing her after a match. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what words do you have for this player? And she basically says, get better at tennis. <laughs> Dude, she made me cry. <laughs> and then so oh. like everybody is criticizing her for it. And then she goes to her dad. She's like, but what? That's what I did. Yeah. I got better. Yeah. That's me. She's and that's, that's who Carrie is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Get better at tennis. The tennis matches, dude. I was in it. I felt like I was playing the game. I didn't understand what she wrote. Like, happening. You were yeah. Yeah. You wear your Apple Watch. Like it's like, like the last second. The last match without without spoiling it. The last match. I had to take a piece of paper and like cover it and like reveal it a line at a time because I didn't want to know how it would. You know. Because my feel eyes like wander. I knew how it was gonna happen? My though. eyes wander and I'm like, oh, oh, and then I go back up. But I had to cover the page. No, tennis sounds like fun. She made it sound fun. Dude, yeah. I googled. Did you? Tennis lessons. <laughs> oh, to take tennis lessons? <laughs> and I was like, $200 per session? I'm not doing $200 per I would think yeah. maybe going to see a tennis match. No, we no. just like, I'm playing. No, I'm, playing. Like, I'm, I'm a tennis Like, girl. she's so competitive, and I'm very competitive, so I, just, I bonded with this Venus girl. Venus about to be the next, like, Latinx <laughs> Serena Williams out here. Still, she did it at 37. I can do it at 32, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just laughing at, like, you, Julissa thinking, oh, okay, we could, you could go see one. And I was like, no. Venus I, like, I, I want to go play. play. <laughs> Have you watched that movie, the um the Richard um Wright movie? Is that Richard Wright? The guy, um, Will Smith's uh, last movie. Oh, King Richard. King Richard. No, I haven't. It was really good. I I was like, damn, should I play tennis? Like after I watched it too, mm-hmm. because they were like they were playing from when they were as young as Carrie Soto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like four, maybe four. I don't I don't nice. really remember, but Serena and uh, Vanessa yeah. were playing from when they were really young. Yeah. Okay. They're queens too. Mm-hmm. Their names. I thought it was Venus. Venus, Venus and Serena. Serena. There it goes. Oh. <laughs> I said Vanessa. I didn't, know had, <laughs> I didn't know they had more siblings. I thought it was, was just them two. Yeah. There's more siblings? Yeah. There's five really of them. Oh. And they're all girls. I didn't know that. Right? Yeah. They're all I women. I think they're all women, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And like all of, and like uh her oldest sibling, uh I forgot her name, uh, but she's hella academic, like mm. academia, like mm-hmm. was in academic, but she passed away. Mm. Yeah, one of the siblings passed away. But they're like, but all of them were successful in their careers. Oh, okay. yeah. That's a crazy family, dude. Yeah. Very nice. They're not playing no games. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on to our current reads. Yes. Are we going to begin with me? Do you want me to start? You, no. You so, wanna, okay, go ahead. Wait, was Carrie Soda that's it? Yeah, I just, wow. I just read the one. Wow. I dragged that Only book. one? Yeah, I dragged it. Oh, you, you did know the Vina me. thing? Hashtag Vina yes. thing? I took 14 <laughs> days to finish did this book. Did you listen to the last episode? We're going to hashtag Vina thing? <laughs> hashtag Vina thing, yes. Yeah, Vina thing. Okay. So I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Mm-hmm. And um, which I realized I said Delilah last time. So there's that. It's okay. <laughs> uh, this is the book I'm reading um, per my customer's recommendation. And... This is the second book that I'm reading, I believe, out of the Reese Witherspoon, Reese Without Her Spoon um, book club. And I, I love know, that I you say that every time. time. I have to. I every have time. to. I, you know, I'm beginning to trust her 
with my life essentially wow. um so we'll see how this book um comes but okay so for years rumors of the marsh girl haunted um barkley cove a quiet fishing village kaya clark is barefoot and wild unfit for polite society so in 1969 when the popular chase andrew is found dead locals immediately suspect her but kaya is not what they say a born naturalist with just one day of school she takes life's lessons from the land learning the real ways of the world from the dishonest signals of fireflies but while she has the skills to live in solitude forever the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved drawn to two young men from town who are each intrigued by her wild beauty kaya opens herself to new and startling worlds until the unthinkable happens and here's my thing i love kaya as a main character i think that She's one of those characters that I, I feel like I'm going to love. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, I, I don't know if this is spoiling or not, but like everyone leaves her family. Mm -hmm. And so she's like the only one that's dealing with an abusive father. And she like learns how to do everything for herself. And mm -hmm. like people look down on her because they live in the, they live in the swamp area. So like she goes in the t into town to buy like, buy like grits because like that's essentially all they can afford. Like she just eats grits um, and like things from the land mm -hmm. because like... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and she doesn't know how to count back the change. And so uh, uh, I guess their version of ACS came and was like, oh, you have to go to school. And like when she went to school, which is they say that she only had one day of school, it's because like the kid laughed at her. Like as she was trying to like sp uh, like pronounce like uh, spell dog, she spelled it God, mm -hmm. and so he like he made fun of her and like everybody started laughing. And the teacher was like, we don't laugh at people in the classroom, but it kind of was like. And even though she was starving, too, because she wasn't eating much. Mm -hmm. And in school, she got a free meal. And she still chose to live in solitude rather than, like, live... Because it's, like, that pride thing that I just mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I love Kai as a character so far, so we'll see how everything goes. Are you going to watch the movie after? Um, Do you have mm -hmm. any interest? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. Great uh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my current read is Siren Queen by Nevo, and the synopsis reads, No maids, no funny talking, no fainting flowers. Luli Wei is beautiful, talented, and desperate to be a star. Coming of age in pre-code Hollywood, she knows how dangerous the movie business is and how limited the roles are for a Chinese-American girl from Hungarian Hill, but she doesn't care. She'd rather play a monster than a maid. But in Luli's world, the worst monsters in Hollywood are not the ones on screen. The studios want to own everything from her face to her name to the women she loves, and they run on a system of bargains made in blood and ancient magic, powered by the endless sacrifice of unlucky starlets like her. For those who do survive to earn their fame, success comes with a steep price. Luli is willing to do whatever it takes, even if that means becoming the monster herself. Um, yeah, so that's... One, it's old Hollywood, which I absolutely love. Yes. Mm -hmm. And two, they have elements of magic in it. And so I'm always interested to see how they portray sort of like modern society with magic. Magical mm -hmm. realism. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm not too far into it. And like there's a part where she they build a Nickelodeon which is like the five cent movie theaters like mm -hmm. from the old days in between her parents' laundry and something else but they don't have money to go so the ticket lady goes give me an inch of your hair and so she's asking the lady well what are you going to do with it and she's like an inch of your hair is like two months of your life mm -hmm. so I'm not sure 
Interesting. I've, I've how that's going to play in and if they're going to explain it more, but that's our intro into the magic. Mm. That reminds me of all of us villains. How, oh my god, this character's name, who if he uses magic, it takes ah, from his yes. life. Ah, uh, yes. What's his name? Gavin? Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. I was going to say Garrett. The forgettable, forgettable, forgettable guy. I mean... Right? It sounds similar. He <coughs> I mean, if she said crazy two months afterwards. of your life. Yeah, two months of your life. But then the way she was explaining it is like, oh, just if you go, like, if you're walking down the street or you're walking your dog, like, that's how much time it takes. But she says two months. So I don't get the correlation between two months and how she explained how minimal it was in real life. Right. Because the things she explained don't take two months. Did you read her previous book? No. Oh, okay. This is a completely new author to me. Mm. It was something that I came into the store. Vino's like, here. And I was like, (laughs) yes, Hollywood, let's do it. Always. Vino's always like, oh, you've read this book. I'm the dealer. I'm the dealer. You are a dealer. She knows. It has witches, cults. Mm. Or something to do with Hollywood, I'm there. I love I love old Hollywood too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just gotta say. I got you. That's why I feel like now Get I have to move me. Evelyn back up because it's old Hollywood. It is. It is. I just love her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep quiet over here. Okay. Um, so my current read, I'm not gonna tell you the title yet. I'm gonna tell you what it's about. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay. There's a reason behind that. Okay. Um, okay, the description. Okay. That book, it was about two women and they fell in love with each other. And then Lily asked a question that had taken root in her, that was even now unfurling its leaves and demanding to be shown the sun. Have you heard of such a thing? 17-year-old Lily, who can't remember exactly when the question took root, but the answer was in full bloom the moment she and Kathleen Miller walked under the flashing neon sign of a lesbian bar called the Telegraph Club. Wow. Ladies and gents, I'm reading uh, this girl's favorite book. She yes. needs to her book. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to read it together. We did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wait, you're reading it now too? Yeah. I just, because I knew you were going to say that, so I didn't want to also uh, say it. Okay, we're, okay. Called, we're so body reading. How you guys feel about it? Okay. I'll be honest, I haven't started. I am four chapters in. Okay. That far? When I say that, each oh. chapter is like two pages. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is my impression so far. Okay. Uh-oh. Talk to um, me. Or not. I don't know how I no, feel. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, Lily is uh, hiding her sexuality right now. She is... I'm at the part where she's hiding pictures of women that she's attracted to. Right. Um, and that's as far as I've gone. Okay. <laughs> uh, the writing... Is that right so far? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need the story to pick up, but I'm way too early to even. So well, it's gonna take a while. It I is, feel yeah. Like. It, it, the book takes its time though, yeah. like because I, um, I'm gonna just say this so that you're prepared for it. Mm-hmm. It does go back into her parents' time. So like you're gonna get you're gonna get a point of view that you're kind of like, why am I getting this point of view? Mm-hmm. But when you think of like the the what it's trying to teach you, mm-hmm. like what is like what this book is a theme of, and like mm-hmm. kind of how trauma. Yeah. Like, unlearns and learns itself, and you know. Right. It's I very slow paced. Right it is now. slow paced. Yes. Like a whole chapter is her walking from her job to home. Yeah. And I was oh. like, oh, we're gonna walk with her like yeah. every step of the way. Yeah, but it, it, it um, does pick up like yeah. in the story, but um, yeah. it is very like it takes its time to tell you the story, and right. with because it's like four hundred pages. It's long. Yeah, it's like more yeah. than four, I want to say like four something. Right. Okay, so let me check. Yeah, check. 
Um, well, I hope that you enjoy it. Yeah, 416. Yeah, it's like 416 pages. And then even um, like towards the end, like in the back of the book, um, goes into like some of the things that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she also teaches you more. Okay. So it's a historical fiction. So I saw that like when I flipped through it, they have a timeline and they do uh, mention McCarthy. Yeah. So does it take place during that or is that from her parents' time? I believe it happens during, during her, her time. Because okay. when did that happen? Like the 60s, right? Like, yeah, 50s, so, 60s. Yeah, so it was during her time. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so two reasons why I picked it up. I picked it up because it's your favorite yes. of the year. And also because when I went to um, Phoenix, they were giving out the companion novel, which we're going to buddy read together. Um, and that one is called The Scatter of Light, and it comes out October 4th. Um, I heard it's not a direct sequel. It takes place 60 years after the end of yes. Telegraph Club. And, yeah. I wonder how it's going to be, like, like how it's going to connect to it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I because like, I read the back, and I was just like, okay, how is this going to... Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. interesting. I'm excited. I wonder, I wonder. But I'm excited and I was like, do I reread it and then read this? No. <laughs> you could. No, no, it's been you read it this year. I right? read it this year. Yeah. I read it in January. Yeah. I don't care to do whatever I want, right? Exactly. Oh, need my permission. <laughs> Good God. I can read read I can reread it with you guys. I don't care. Um I don't, I just have a job. I don't go to school. I don't do anything. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, it's going okay so far. I'm okay. hoping it picks up. Yeah. But All right, so the theme of this episode, I suppose, is we're going to take turns mentioning the books that we want to read in the rest of 2022, and they're going to be Latinx and POC-centered stories. Yes. Yes. So I can start if you want. <laughs> um, so my first one is an adult novel, and it is How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water, by Angie Cruz, which I think we're gonna buddy read now. Um, yes, we each have copies, yes. I think. Um, so it comes out September 13th, and it is about Cara Romero thought she would work at the factory of little lamps for the rest of her life. The minute I read that first line, I thought of my mom, because when she was in her early 20s, she worked at a factory for Little Lamps. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to think about my mom when I read this. Um, but when her in her mid-50s, she loses her job in the Great Recession. She is forced back into the job market for the first time in decades. She's set up with a job counselor. Kara uh, instead begins to narrate her life over the course of 12 sessions. And I like flip through it, and it's literally divided by the sessions that she does with her. So mm-hmm. it's the format is very different than Dominicana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Which I didn't read. And you should. Yeah. Before you pick this up. Yeah. Um, do you have a copy? Yeah. Do you need one? Okay. Uh, what was I saying? So she narrates her life to the counselor. And over the course of 12 sessions, she recounts her love affairs, plural, <laughs> her abiding and loving relationship with her neighbor Lulu and her sister Angela, her struggles with debt, her gentr- the gentrification of the neighborhood and loss, and eventually what really happened between her and her son, Fernando. Mm. So, yeah, she confronts her darkest secrets and regrets. We see a, a woman still full of fight. It's inventive and emotional, and it's Angie Cruz's most ambitious and moving novel yet. I'm very excited. Dominicana was one of my faves last year, so. Right. I'm in it, I'm in it. Maybe I should read that before I read this one. I think so. Yeah, because it sets up how she writes. 
Like, let's say the story itself is not something grand, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that she writes very normal characters mm-hmm. and you can really see their life is where what she's best at. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did read, I don't know if I ever said this, but I did read like 50 pages of Dominicana and I loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But then I ended up like giving it to Cass so she could read uh, it first. Okay. And I was like, fine, it's fine, you know, whatever. Right. But I absolutely loved it because it talked mm-hmm. about how like she was being set up by the guy like with the guy and it Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of my grandparents because you know like my grandmother was like bought here by my grandfather Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. not in the most uh you know yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) the most legal way yeah the most like uh i don't know because like the way that she tells the story is kind of like she didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. she just didn't give her okay she just bought here yeah Yeah. let's just assume that she would yeah yeah i guess yeah yeah No, I like her. I've I've yeah. seen a few events with her, and she's like the most vivacious person I've ever seen. Angie Close. And, yeah. We yeah. didn't we have an event really like cool. that we went to, and she was in it. I think she was in an event that me and Vina went to. I uh, believe virtual. Yeah, it was a virtual. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was a virtual event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but she was so dope. Yeah, absolutely loved she's her. She really was amazing. Cool. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. She looked like somebody I eat buffalo wings with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and every time I post her, she's like Tia Williams. She likes it. Yeah, she reposts. Yeah. She's really cool. It ta- it, like, I, and you know, like I'm very thankful to all the authors who like repost us and things like mm-hmm. that. And like Tanya Bateo does the same thing. And um. Like you know, other authors who do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like really nice to see people like connect with us and like yeah. you know. And I think she runs the Dominican Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which if you guys don't know about, I'll post it on Instagram. But yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Who's next? Julissa. All right. Me? Yeah, we're going. To, we're going in the, the little semi. We're <laughs> reverse. Yeah. Okay. Reverse. So, um, <laughs> we're in there. <laughs> when I found this one initially. I, I picked it because it's like a true crime novel. Okay. Not novel, sorry. It's just it's about true crime. Mm-hmm. But as I'm reading it, it's giving very much um, sort of like similar to like How to Be Eaten in where, uh, so this author is called When Women Kill, Four Crimes Retold by uh, Aaliyah Trabuco Zeran. And she, it says here, has long been fascinated not only with the root causes of violence against women, but by those women who have violently rejected the domestic and passive roles that they are meant to, that they were meant by their culture to inhabit. Uh, she spends years researching this brilliant work of narrative nonfiction, detailing not only the troubling tales of the murders themselves, but the story of how society, the media, and men in power reacted to these killings, painting their perpetrators as witches, heretics, or femme fatales, that is, either evil or out of control. Mm. So it's very similar in whereas media will paint women a certain way or they mm-hmm. tell their story the way that they want to tell it. Right. Even though these women did kill people and mm-hmm. absolutely is horrible. Yeah. Do not condone it. <laughs> but they should be able to tell their story. Just like the men serial killers get to tell their stories, they should be able to tell it too. Right. And so that's my next right. one. Mm-hmm. I think it has already come out. I'm not entirely sure. I think it uh, came out in March. Okay. Mm, okay. Nice. 
So, um, I have a book that's not coming out in 2022, but coming out in 2023 instead. Damn. And I, it is already on my radar. So, mm -hmm. um, it's called You Don't Have a Shot by Raquel, um, Raquel Ramiri. Um, now, she's the writer that is on my radar, and she is only 23 years old and recently so finished her book, Ophelia After All. And I will share my thoughts on it next episode. But her writing was beautiful, and it didn't make it didn't read like a first book either. This was her debut book. And it for me, it didn't feel mm -hmm. like it, you know? Um... So this book follows childhood soccer rivals Valentina and Leticia as the as they make a deal to work together for a summer away at camp pitched as a queer bendit like Beckham set at a summer camp where two arch rivals must come together to redeem their reputations and lead their team to victory. And I can't like like talk up this this author enough. She's a sophisticated writer. And as I was researching this topic, um, just a couple of hours ago, because, you know, <laughs> I found this quote significant and a, and a part of early conversations that me and Vina keep having. But um, it's about like writing diverse characters, you know. Mm -hmm. So she says, and then this is why I say she's so sophisticated. Like she says, I feel strongly about representing diverse casts of characters in my books because it is a reflection of how I see the world, but that should never come at the expense of poor representation. I've really enjoyed getting to see early readers already connecting with and feeling seen by these characters I love so much and I hope to continue writing books that follow that. Like, mm -hmm. the fact that you're aware of the fact that you want to write these very diverse characters, and, and she has, like, mm -hmm. the book, it, it um, talks about, like, aromantic people, asexual mm -hmm. people, and mm -hmm. you may not be from that culture, but, like, making sure that you're representing them correctly you know and yeah so that is that. she is on my radar i can't believe she's 23 23 that's insane she's so sophisticated <laughs> my next pick is a young adult novel that i picked because i met the author at phoenix and they were super super nice and it's their debut novel and it's called we deserve monuments mm. by jazz hammonds uh this one comes out november 29th which is very far away, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Not as far as mine, though. <laughs> uh, this is true, this is true. I'm still in this year. Uh, so this is about a 17-year-old girl called Avery Anderson, and she's convinced that her senior year is ruined when she's uprooted from her life in D.C. and forced into the hostile home of her terminally ill grandmother, Mama Letty. Uh, the tension between Avery's mom and her grandma makes for a frosty arrival and unearths past trauma they refuse to talk about. Every time Avery tries to look deeper, she's turned away, leaving her desperate to learn the secrets that split her family into two. While the tempers flare, she finds friendship in unexpected places. Simone is her captivating next-door neighbor, and Jade is the daughter of the town's most prominent family. Uh, as the three girls grow closer, Avery and Simone's friendship turns into romance, of course, and the sharp-edged opinions of their small southern town begin to hint at something insidious underneath. Mm. Um, yeah, it sounds really good, and Jazz read the first page to uh, the conference, and everyone was, like, holding their breath and clapped really loud when, she fin when they finished. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. Nice. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to add it to my TBI. Yeah, you should. Okay, so my next read is Reclaim the Stars, 17 Tales Across Realms in Space by Zoreda Cordova. And oh, I love. Sorry. <laughs> I love her so much. She and 17 other authors. Um, 
One, it's fantasy. And mm-hmm. it's also tales about space. And it's 17, 18 authors of uh, Latin diaspora who, I mean, why wouldn't I pick this? <laughs> right. right? It's just so interesting. But then, of course, when you go on Goodreads, Goodreads mm. tends to kind of spoil things. But in this case, I don't think it... It's a good thing to do okay. because it's calling out people who are being problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three that were mentioned. I don't know if I'm, I want to continue mentioning them because I feel like I, I'm going to read it anyway. Okay. Okay. Are you going to yeah. skip their stories? I might. Okay. Because there's one where um, they're very anti-indigenous. Mm. and that's a problem it's like not only do you write your content in your books portraying like stereotypes of these indigenous people but in real life you are also perpetrating the same thing right so it's like Hmm. so maybe that one i will skip okay um but what really sold me was her forward there's a whole bunch but (laughs) there's one part where she goes i often tell people that being latina means the magic is inherently part of my existence not necessarily the wand-waving and rhyming, rhyming couplets associated with witches in media, but magic that is woven into every part of my being. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just... And then she goes on to say things that, you know, most Latin people do. Like, you don't put your purse on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't um, sweep your feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's just inherently magic being Latina. So I thought that was pretty awesome That's i think so we beautiful. all read uh the inheritance of Orquita divina yes she yeah. yeah and i just that was pure magic i think i said that last time i was <laughs> yeah. here but yes nice. it was and since then i have read it so like i think that was a very magical book mm-hmm. i loved it so much mm-hmm. like oh my god mm-hmm. yes loved it <laughs> yes so i am next okay so my next read is uh crying in the bathroom by erica l sanchez Mm-hmm. So, growing up as the daughter of, a Mex- of Mexican immigrants in Chicago in the 90s, Erica Sanchez was a self-described pariah, misfit, and disappointment. A foul-mouthed, melancholic, rebel, rabble-rouser who painted her nails but also loved comedy, often laughing so hard her friends that... Uh, friends that, that she had to leave her school bathroom, oh, her school classroom. Twenty-four, five years later, she's now an award-winning novelist, poet, essayist. But she still got an impress, um, impressionable laugh, um, and singular powers of perception about the world around her. In these essays, Sanchez writes about everything from sex to white feminists to, dilibate, to the debilitating depression, revealing an interior life rich with ideas, self-awareness, and perception, raunchy and insightful, unapolog- unapologetic, and brutal honest. Whew, dyslexic's worst <laughs> nightmare, sis. Okay, so truthfully, this book made it on my radar because of Cass. Um, she read, I am not your Mexican daughter. Yes. Um... Enough to ask me to buy this book during my book banning. Yeah. Yeah, my my book banning. Wait, my book buying ban. <laughs> so I also haven't read um, any memoirs yet this year, um, which I don't know. Who knows? This might be my first one this okay. year. I haven't read any memoirs, nice. which I'm very big of a fan of memoirs, but mm-hmm. I don't read them as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I got to say that your book buying ban has been like, I thought you were going to fall off. 
and no. come to the store and purchase. No. So when you asked me about this book, I'm like, you're actually gonna buy it. Yeah, book? it was forecast. Yeah, that's amazing. Which I I have it, and like when I bought um I bought that book along with um the second Malice, mm-hmm. which I bought it to com- complete my collection. It had been here for months, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't buy anything yeah. other than that. And I bought the bookmark, which I I love my bookmark. Aww. Have you seen it? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this bookmark so right much. On air. <laughs> But it, it, this bookmark came at such a good time because I was reading Ophelia after all and I had learned about sexualities that I didn't learn about mm-hmm. before. So like mm-hmm. it was kind of cool because they were all represented on this um, on this bookmark. So yeah. it was really cute. I love that. And I love that the bisexual one is angry. I wish the lesbian one was like a little angry laugh like because, you know. <laughs> Not that you need another recommendation. What? But I, you reminded me of Radio Silence. Radio Silence. It's It also taught me about um, part of the community that I had no idea about. Hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll I think you it. would like it. Yeah. I'm down. Not I'll to get it from add the library. more to your list. Because honestly, that's what I've been doing. Instead of buying books, I've just been getting them from the library. Yeah, oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, supporting my local library. And yeah. I'm a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so my next pick, I decided to continue my... Hmm, what do we call it? My poetry journey. <laughs> I haven't picked up... <laughs> I haven't. Trash, you know, so. <laughs> Even though you didn't like Natalie Diaz. But I loved Ocean Vaughn. You did, So you I did. know there's poets out there that I'm going to like. Yeah, that's um, true. So this one might surprise you. I don't know if you know that this is coming out. So it's called Woman Without Shame. Poems by Sandra Cisneros. So she is. Ooh, she's the House on Mango Street. She's the best-selling author of the House on Mango Street, and it has been 28 years since she published published a book of poetry. But that is not 28 years since sis been getting this money. Okay. <laughs> so it comes out September 13th, and it's uh, does dozens of never-before-seen be- poems. Um, this is a moving collection of songs, elegies, and declarations that chronicle her pilgrimage toward rebirth and the recognition of her prerogative as a woman artist Uh, these are honest and often humorous meditations on memory desire and the essential nature of love blaze a path toward toward self-awareness so Cisneros is you know an uh, OG she's amazing and I I really loved uh, House on Mango Street so I'm going to try her poetry. Yeah. I've read House of Mango Street twice. Mm. So good. Have you read her poetry? No, I have never read her poetry wow. before. But like House on Mango Street was so poetic though. It yeah. Is. It was I such, it such was, a verse. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was told in what? Small vignettes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You call it? And it was told in like a little girl's point of view too. Mm-hmm. Such a good, you know, a young, yeah. young lady. Yeah. So that's my third and last. Okay. What's your third and last, Alyssa? Okay. I just changed it. Hey! Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I saw the cover. I saw the cover. <laughs> it's uh, Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion. Okay. I'm so excited about this book. It comes out in November. It's uh, the sequel to Legendborn. And Legendborn is a retelling of like a King Arthur legend, the King Arthur myth. Okay. Is it a myth or a legend? It's a legend. It's a legend, yeah. 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 So, but the... I uh, took a class on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't... Oh, I can't really say what how they retell it because it, it's it's kind of it's a spoiler oh, okay, okay. So don't, so don't do I, have to, I have to read it so right so and i'm also <laughs> not going to read the blurb for bloodmark because it kind of picks up from where the last one left off but okay. i'm really excited for that one okay yeah that's fair okay 
So, um, fans of King Arthur. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I noticed that all my books have followed the theme. Either they're re- a retelling mm-hmm. or about women in media. I love that. Because my last book was like that. Yeah, I love that. Work, I don't know if work. I did that purposely or it was just like subconsciously. No, you just pick good books. Yeah. <laughs> Are they good? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, I have poetry. Yeah. Um, the Hurting Kind by Ada Limon or Lamont. Yeah, she's just uh, announced as the poet laureate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, when I was doing my research, uh, you learned that a couple hours ago. <laughs> I was just like, oh, poet laureate, copy and paste. Okay, so uh, an astonishing collection about interconnectedness between the human and non-human ancestors and ourselves for National Book Critic. Um, Critics Circle Award winner and National Book Award winner award finalist Adia Ada Lemon, which is why I picked it because like I thought like interconnectedness between human and non-human like I was just like that was interesting but anyway um, this is like a little um, quote it says I have always been too sensitive a weeper from a long line of weepers writes Lamon I am mm-hmm. the hurting kind. What does it mean to be the hurting kind, to be sensitive, and not only to the world's pain and joys, but to the meanings and that bend in the scrim between the natural world and the human world, to divine the relationship between us all, to perceive ourselves in other beings, not to know that those beings are resol- resolutely their own, that they do not care oh they um they do not care to be seen as symbols um with Lamone's remarkable ability to trace thought, the hurting kind explored those questions, incorporating other stories and ways of knowing, making surprising turns, and always reaching a place um, of startling insight. These poems slip through the seasons, teeming with horses and kingfishers and the gleaming eyes of fish, and they honor parents, step-parents, and grandparents, the sacrifices made, the separate lives lived, the tenderness extended, extended to a hurting child, the abundance in retrospect of having two families. Like, what mm-hmm. i love that that's mm-hmm. a that's a really good synopsis mm-hmm. um and i have been looking for poetry especially written by latinx writers i feel like the topics and themes i need more more of them in my life and i have like last year i read like a lot of like latinx writers mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry i read a lot of latinx um poets and I, they covered themes that like i didn't know that i needed mm-hmm. and like you know how you read stuff from people that um are from your culture and you like realize oh i'm not the only one Mm -hmm. you know and i I love reading books like that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that is it for me guys nice i gotta say these are good picks yeah these are good good. (laughs) (laughs) all right so usually shanice picks my next read based on the first sentence but since we have a special guest We're going to have Jalissa pick for each of us. For each of us, guys. This is a... This is a never done before. (laughs) Yeah, this has never been seen before on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, You can start. Okay. Or let's flip a coin. Jalissa, you got a quota? I don't, but we can Google coin toss. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? Yes. No. Okay, we're going to Google coin toss and we'll be back in a few moments. (laughs) So the first, um, and you just let me know if you need a second. I shouldn't lean that way because I'm like. Yeah, you're like, what's the book? Okay. So you tell me if you need a second line. So the first one Mm -hmm. is, a toast to our sex goddess, Eva Mercy, hollered a cherub of women raising her champagne glass. Wait, is that the, did I write it right? Did I read it right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Because I'm a, I like Kendall. Okay. okay. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then the women gather in a YMCA basement rec room, hard linoleum, linoleum, linoleum floors, half windows along one wall, view of a sidewalk and brick. Okay. Okay. Oh, that, why'd you do that? Because, <laughs> okay, so just to, just so people in the, you know, listeners know, I picked two books that I didn't think that she was going to remember from her TBR, mm. from her red list, and she yeah. remembered both of them. Apparently, so. I got a photographic memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. we love a girl with a memory. <laughs> I think Damn. I'm going to throw you for a loop, though. I thought I was going to throw her for a loop, too. Yeah. I didn't, to be honest, I did not think I would remember it. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to play a trick, guys, because I never do this, so, you It's know. a good one, because now I feel like I love them both, and yeah. so now, which one do I want you to read? Do you know what's going to be my obvious choice, I think? You think so? I think Oh, so. well, I think so. I don't know. Really. I don't know. What is the obvious choice? Because I didn't know. Like, I really want you to read the other one, but I think you would probably enjoy the second one more. Yeah? Yeah. I would, I didn't, okay, so what she picked, guys, was How to Be Eaten by, uh, by Maria Aldelman. Which and she just spoke about earlier. Which she just yeah. spoke about earlier, yeah. but I didn't think she was going to remember it. Like, yeah. I honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. thought. But I knew I she was going to remember Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which was the first one. I know. Yeah, so, Vina's crying on the floor. She's crying. She's about to drive her car into a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to crash her car. I don't even have a car. <laughs> She's about to walk Luna and then, like, walk into the wall. Oh, my God. All right. Are you ready for me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. You're going to trick me, too? Yep. <laughs> okay. Go my for it. My first one is... I might have to read a second sentence. But anyway. As a stagehand cleared the dismantled pieces of Flower Moon's drum set, the last shred of light formed a golden curve around the symbol. Okay. That's one. Number two... When I was born, the name for what I was did not exist. Ooh. Mm, I love that That's, second Yes. One. That's it? I think so, yes. I will be reading Cersei by Madeline. Oh, oh. <laughs> Um, The one that you did not pick was Songs in Ursa Major, which is in our buddy read list. <laughs> oh. oh. And that's by Emma Brody. Wait, you have a whole list that yeah. I'm not a part of? Yeah. Should okay, we tell her the fair. name of our book club? <laughs> or is, is it too embarrassing? It is. But you know what? Go for it. Go for it. I don't care. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed I'm not going to make fun of Julie, but I am going to make fun of you. There is no, no shame. I'm just kidding. It's Juby. Oh, that's so cute. Because Ju- Hashtag and Juby. And Yeah. And also Juby. That's cute. And also Juby, the where we where y'all met, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so Juby. I, I think we did it before we realized what it also meant. Yeah. yeah. It was a sub-meaning just, of the trauma mm-hmm, that we just, went through through Juby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our support group. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Um, all right. I'm excited for my read. I've been meaning to, but I have to finish... Telegraph Club. Yeah, and I have to read where the crawdads sing. And then I'll pick it up. And then I'll pick it up. All right. All right, guys. So I did hope you? It's been fun. <laughs> so, so Julissa, yeah, yes. had you like coming back a second time? It's fun. Yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> you know, it's always fun. Uh-huh. It is always fun. Yeah. It's like our um, 
group chat, but live. Yeah, it is. Live recorded. Yeah, <laughs> live recorded. You see it here. Well, I hope you guys who have asked Julissa to be on the podcast again enjoyed our episode. I hope we made some good recommendations that you can join us on. Yes. And um, thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.